This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. This is Chapter 34 of the WCBS Author Talks Podcast. I'm Lisa Chernkovich. Coming up, we welcome one of our favorite authors to our Lower Manhattan studios to talk about what's sure to be his latest bestseller. Harlan Coben has written 29 novels, the last 10 of which have all debuted at number one on the New York Times bestseller list. That's quite an impressive feat. His 30th book is another thriller titled Don't Let Go. He stopped by our studios and spoke with our Pat Farnack, one of his biggest fans. We're talking today about so many things, I hope, but also about Don't Let Go, which is your latest tome. Yep. Great read. Thank you so much. Now, is this number 30? Number 30, my 30th novel. I've written about one a year, so I started when I was like seven. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's been, I'm very excited about it, yeah. Uh, I can see why. It's a great read. And I have to tell you that I have a Harlan Coben section of my library. It's all your... All your books. I think I've read just about everything. You're so well read and intelligent. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, now, Don't Let Go is, um, it's it's actually, or I guess you get the idea about uh, writing Don't Let Go from a couple of urban legends that yeah. happened in your hometown, Livingston. Yeah, I grew up in Livingston, New Jersey, and behind an elementary school in the woods, there was these barbed wire fences with, you know, razor wires and... Uh, Signs saying no trespassing, and in, when I was a kid, the rumor was it was a secret military base. Well, it turns out that's true. <laughs> it was a Nike missile base with nuclear capabilities. There was about 12 or 13 of them in, in New Jersey that were supposed to pre- protect New York and Philly. They were built in the 50s. They lasted to the early 70s. And you know, years later, I found that it was true, and it always kind of stuck in my head. And I thought, oh, that would be a cool place to sort of start a book. Now, the protagonist is a guy named Napoleon Nap Dumas, Dumas. I guess it is, Dumas. Dumas. And uh, something happens in his senior year in high school that affects him going forward. He's in his 30s, and he's still uh, affected by what happened in the senior year. Yeah. Uh, I liked doing this book. In fact, not only is it first-person present tense, which I haven't done before, I don't think, but he's actually telling the story to his dead twin brother, who died in an incident when they were uh, in senior years of high school, when they were wandering through the woods. And what really happened that day? It doesn't involve that military base. Are his friends telling him the truth about all of all those things? And so he has to go back into his past and find out what really happened. A lot of your books go back to high school and go back to the past, and it's so interesting, the, the movie Frozen, let it go, let it go. <laughs> Everybody tells you, if thorny things happen in your life, let it go, don't dwell on it, but you wouldn't have a career if that, no, that was the case. So. I, love, I love buried secrets. I love things that you think you've put behind you that, that come back. I also, you know, it's, it's, my books are grounded in reality, but there's a time travel element where these people are trying to go back in time to something that set their life off the rails, and yeah. can they find redemption? We all have those what-ifs in our life. In this case, Knapp also has a girlfriend named Maura, who is the great what-if. What if he could have stayed with her? What if they could have been a couple? And so to go back to that, I think it's something that we all find interesting to, to read about. 
How was your high school life? Was it, did you have a good time? Were you? Shockingly normal. I think it was Flaubert <laughs> who said something to the effect of be uh, normal and boring in your life so you can be violent and original in your work. I like that. Uh, yeah. He said it bourgeois in better words than I did. I'm <laughs> paraphrasing it in a horrendous way. But um, yeah, it's sort of, so I think my childhood, I always, but then again, I, said, I think my childhood was normal. And then I realized, well, you grew up in this town that had a, a Nike nuclear base. And right next to it was a leading mafia guy who was, and we now know, is cremating bodies in his backyard. So maybe it wasn't quite as normal as I, <laughs> as I sometimes think. Maybe not. I love your uh, beginning sentences and paragraphs. And the, one of my favorites is from six years. And you say, I sat in the back pew and watch the only woman I would ever love marry another man. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you start with yeah. a sentence like that or a paragraph I like that? I in the case of six years, I want to open the book with tremendous heartbreak. And I don't, you know, today's market in today's world, who wants to read eight pages of a sunrise before you get to it? So <laughs> that sentence, I, I sat in the back pew and watched the only woman I would ever love marry another man. We're there. We are now in the story. You're not waiting a bunch of pages. And I thought that sort of set the tone for what this book was going to be about. So, yeah, that's, the opening is very important to me, as is the ending. At the end of the book, I want you moved. I want you maybe shedding a little bit of a tear. And I want you to have all the answers. I don't want you know, to think I didn't play fair or any of that. So those two things are, you know, the whole book's hugely important. But if I don't get those two right, nothing else works. Now, six years might, might be... A Hollywood movie starring Hugh Jackman, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> they bought it. I don't, I don't have it anymore. Uh, oh. I have Fool Me Once with Julia Roberts. I have this one with that one. I don't pay, until like they're actually filming, I don't pay much attention, really. Which leads us to why you're not paying attention to Hollywood, because you have a lot of other things on your plate, yeah. such as The Five, which I have yet to see. But tell me about The Five, what it is, and and where we can look at it. Yeah, there's a new Netflix original show called uh, Harlan Coben's The Five. Actually, instead of oh, calling it Just The Five, me. well, we're calling it Just The Five, and they said, we can't, we have to add something to it. And they said, we're happy to put Harlan Coben's The Five. I'm like, all right, if you insist. <laughs> <laughs> then I was like, do, do we have to keep The Five? Can we just call Harlan Coben? No. So anyway, uh, it's on Netflix. It's a, it's, it just came to Netflix. It's a 10-episode crime drama. Um, you will be hopefully gripped from the very first, the very first scene there's five kids playing in the woods, four older, one younger, and they send the younger brother home. They say, just get out of here. We're trying to, teenagers, we're trying to play, and we see him walk down a path, and then poof, he's gone. Oh. 20 years pass. No one knows what happened to him. These other four have all grown up, and they find DNA at a murder scene that shows that the kid is still alive. His DNA is at a murder scene. So the four friends have to get back together to solve the crime of what really happened um, on that day. Where is Jesse? So that's the story of the five. Ten episodes, um, I promise you will do it. Most people have done it in one, maybe two days, yeah. all ten episodes, which is what the fun thing about Netflix and streaming. Yeah. Um, and it's been really great. It's been catching on. It's gone kind of going viral in a way that the cast and the crew were all, were all really excited about it. But it's British, right? Did you fu yeah, film it over in Britain. Britain? Yeah, and I'm doing another show in Britain with the same people um, called Safes, but it oh, stars Michael C. Hall from Dexter. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it gives me a lot of freedom working over there where I can kind of do the stories I want to do without a lot of um, Hollywood interference. I was going to ask you about that. Hollywood interference, I mean, they seem to be doing uh, remakes of this, remakes of that, and twists of this, and sequels of that, yeah. and prequels. I mean, there are so many great original stories like 
your 30 books, for instance. <laughs> and I, I don't understand. Uh, is it just uh, too much trouble to deal with that whole process? I don't really know. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't work out there. And I've always, said, I've always kept a good arm's length distance because if you get involved in that, you're not going to do what I do, which is write novels and write books like Don't Let Go. That's what I'm interested in doing. If the other stuff happens, that's fine. If it doesn't happen, that's fine too. So when I do the TV stuff now, uh, uh, I'll do it on my own. Uh, or with, you know, I'll, I'll be involved in it or I won't do it. It doesn't, I don't have to worry kind of about it. I don't really understand that they're marketing. They see, they're smart people. I don't think they don't know what's going on. Maybe people want the familiar. I don't know. Um, but I just do what I'm doing. Maybe that's old school, too. And this net, Netflix is a new way of looking yeah. at everything, and you're there. We are the golden age of TV. I couldn't have made a show like don't, uh, um, The Five 10, 15 years ago. It's one big story. That you and each episode ends on a cliffhanger, and you are going to be gripped from moment uh, from the very beginning to the very end. And I guarantee you, if you love crime drama, the ending is going to surprise you. I guarantee you, it's going to surprise you. It's going to make you think. It's going to move you in interesting ways. And that's the fun for me. So it's like telling a for me, it was telling a novel on the screen. It's so interesting because once again, these kids going back to yep. what happened when they were yep. teenagers. I love missing people. Um, you know, <laughs> the way Agatha Christie might have written about murder or Philip Roth writes about the Jewish experience. I write about missing people because with missing people, there's hope. And hope can, you know, make your heart take on wings and soar, or it can crush your heart like an eggshell. And with hope, there's always the chance that you can actually be redeemed, that you can find. This kid who, missed, who disappeared when he was five years old, now 25 years old, and things can somehow be okay. So that's what I love about that. If somebody's dead, it's dead. You're solving a crime. You're getting justice. But there's so much more I can add when I do missing people. Now, with Safe, is that the same kind of a story with uh, Michael C. Hall? I can't imagine yeah, it going so wrong from great. there. Yeah, he's so You know, yeah. he's only done, this is his third show. He's done Six Feet Under, Dexter, and now he's doing That's Safe. right. Mm -hmm. um, and he's such a terrific actor. He's playing British, which is kind of fun to oh. watch. He's got a cool <laughs> British accent. Um, and, yeah, so he, he lives in a, they call it Safe, he lives in a gated community um, with his two daughters. His wife died of cancer about a year ago, and suddenly the wor his world kind of blows up in an interesting way. And it's about all these families in this, in this gated community and, and what they have to go to to try to bring it back together. Mm. So he's not safe, though. No. <laughs> Neither safe, are really. his not kids. In my, not, my, not, not in one of my books, you're never you're not safe. <laughs> that's, that's really a strange title for me, yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, what is happening? Are you immersed in safe now, or has that wrapped? No, we're in the middle of filming. Um, every day I get the rushes, and I watch them, and we, we're still working on the final episode, making sure we got it all squared away, and another two months of so we're filming. And then hopefully it'll be out early next year. Excellent. And yeah. on Netflix also? On Netflix, this is a Netflix show, yeah. Now, what's next? Or how do you work in all these novels that you write every year, it seems? Well, I'm working and on the next novel. Uh, so far I've been able to write my novels and do whatever I've done in TV, um, both. I have two French TV shows, one is which is on Netflix here in the USA uh, right now called No Second Chance, based off my book. You can watch it with subtitles. Um, it's really good, but it's, on, it's subtitles, which some people don't like. And I did another one there that'll be over here soon. So I'm keeping busy, but the, the, always the, the priority for me is the novel. And that's always got to be the main thing. And so if that can do their stuff, great. If not, then I won't. So where do you get your energy? Or do you ever have these days where you're just uh, 
sitting and watching Netflix and eating popcorn, <laughs> <laughs> not doing anything? Or Writer's is that block not is you? part of the job, but the thing is, when you have it, I just beat myself up. I, I am loaded with self-loathing when, <laughs> when I can't write. So I don't go to Netflix and enjoy myself. I, 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 you know, I will whip myself until I get back to the computer. I will bore myself silly. You know, if you're not writing well, the answer is not to go to the mall or watch TV. The answer is to sit at a blank screen until your eyes start to bleed, and, and eventually you are so bored you have to go back to writing. So that's how I usually handle that. Well, anything you want to tell people to get them to pick up Don't Let Go? Um, I, I, I can't wait for you guys to read it. I mean, first of all, it has a, a bit of New York, New Jersey lore, which mm-hmm. I think people will find interesting. But the idea that this guy can find out after 15 years what happened to his twin and maybe have the chance of reuniting with the love of his life, wow, and a heck of a lot of danger. Um, I think, you know, I, I think it's one of my best books. And sort of, you know, I judge my books by what you guys think. Every time I finish a book, I never know if I like it or not. And then... <laughs> And then people say, oh, no, it's your best book. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe they're right. Maybe it is my best book. <laughs> maybe it is my best I'm book. Very, I'm very easily swayed. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I'm very easily swayed. <laughs> well, thank you so much thank for taking you. the time and your packed schedule uh, to come and talk to us. And good luck with Don't Let Go. Can't wait to see the five and safe. There thank we go. you very thank much. Thank you, Pat. Thank you. FYI, we have a bunch of author interview videos, including Pat's interview with Harlan, available on our YouTube channel. Check them out at youtube.com slash WCBS 880. And that's where we'll close the book on this week's podcast. If you enjoy listening to them as much as we enjoy putting them together, let us know by emailing us at books at WCBS 880.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WCBS 880 Books.